Welcome to Accidental Kiss. This is a podcast where we analyze the representation, or lack thereof, in Asian dramas from the perspective of drama fans. My name is Faith. I'm a Black U.S. citizen living in Japan who was maybe a little too obsessed with Asian dramas in her college days. Thank you so much for tuning in. I'm Watanya. And I am Lao or Laoshin, whichever term you prefer. I grew up with Asian dramas. Well, mostly Thai ones, but yeah. Not Taiwan. <laughs> Thai ones from like Thailand. Okay. <laughs> um, in our very first episode, we'd like to talk about the first season of a classic Japanese drama series that has multiple different versions made by various countries. And even more sequels and remakes. It's none other than the legendary Hanare Dango. Well, I heard Thailand's making yet another version. F for Thailand. <sighs> of course they are. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, it's been 16 years since the Japanese drama series aired. Just shows how legendary it is. It really does. Mm -hmm. By the way, for all you non-Japanese speakers out there, Hanayori Dango means boys over flowers, but it's actually a pun. So basically, the author twisted the pronunciation of some words to make it be pronounced the same way as the proverb Hanayori Dango. So the original meaning, substance over appearance, becomes boys over flowers. It's quite a clever play on words. Agreed. Well, manga artists are just punny people, I guess. So before we move on, we will be discussing the entirety of many characters, so spoilers ahead. Also, we will be discussing emotional abuse, bullying, and attempted sexual assault in this episode. So if you're sensitive to these issues, do prioritize your mental health. Yes, you can always come back to us when you're emotionally ready. So, Hanayori Dango, as we've mentioned, is a legendary drama series that can probably both being the representative rom-com drama series of Japan. However, even considering how old it is by drama series standards, it has representation issues that should be analyzed with a critical eye. Of course. First, we'd like to start with a summary of the series. Yes, because context is very important. Let's get everyone on the same page. The story is about the romance between a naive, tough high school girl named Skushi Makino and a spoiled rich high school boy named Tsukasa Domyuji. Both of them attend Eitoku Academy, a high school for children of the extremely wealthy. Skushi is the only student there who is from a middle-class family. Tsukasa is a leader of F4, or Flower 4, a group of four beautiful boys from the four wealthiest families in Japan. The other three members are Rui Hanazawa, Sojiro Nishikado and Akira Mimasaka. F4 dominates the school and punishes anyone who dares to cross them. Anyone they feel has committed even the slightest offenses against them will receive a red notice card in their locker. This gives the entire school the green light to bully that student until they are forced to leave the school. Squishy is appalled by all of this, of course. But she doesn't do anything about it. Well, until her only friend at the school, 
Sakurako-sancho becomes a target. She stands up to Tsukasa, leading him to give her a red notice card instead. The school bullies her, but Skushi endures the torment and even ends up socking Tsukasa in the face. After that, Tsukasa falls in love with her and their awkward but somewhat cute romance begins. Skushi is at first in love with Rui, the quiet member of F4, who saved her from being sexually assaulted. But eventually, she falls for Tsukasa. Yes. After one accidental kiss, countless awkward dates, <laughs> several kidnappings, getting trapped in an elevator together, going against Tsukasa's mother, aka the embodiment of evil, a weird-ass beauty pageant, Tons of miscommunication. Well, mostly from Tsukasa. They finally end up together. Yay! The season ends with Tsukasa going to New York to study abroad and Tsukushi admitting her love for him. With a beautiful sunset in the background, the two finally kiss for real. How romantic. So, what do you think the overall message of this drama was? <laughs> Honestly... <laughs> I didn't get much of a message from the story, but I do think that the theme for uh the final climax, the the teen of Japan thing, was being herself. Like Tsukushi got through it by basically being herself. What do you think the message was? I've seen this drama multiple times and have even seen multiple countries' versions of it, but I never once thought about the story having a message. Uh, I just thought it was really fun and entertaining, but I guess I would have to agree with the just being yourself message. Uh, maybe also stay resilient and you'll get what you want in the end. Mm, that too. Yeah, definitely. Definitely in line with the Japanese concept of gaman. It, well, basically means to keep hanging in there. As much as people love Hanayori Rangoro, we have to talk about its representation issues. We're going to start off with gender. Women are thankfully represented in a variety of ways in the show, from the complex main character Tsukushi to the one-dimensional mean girl trio. We see quite a few awesome women characters like Tsubaki, Shizuka, Kaede, and of course, Tsukushi herself. We will be taking a closer look at how the female characters are depicted. We noticed three main patterns, the heroines, the supporters, and the evil ones. The heroines fit in the not-like-the-other-girls archetype. Tsukushi Makino, Tsubaki Domuji, and Shizuka Toda fall into this pattern due to their strong will. And Okami-san, the owner of the dango shop where Tsukushi works, uh, is the experienced and strong mentor type. Tsukushi and Tsubaki are both somewhat violent, while Shizuka seems like the secretly naughty type. <laughs> Tsukushi is much more naive than the other two, though. But, like, I guess naivete is, like, a virtue in these kind of shows? Oh, yeah. Oh, and they're all extremely, maybe even unrealistically, just kind. Yeah, unrealistic for sure. Tsukushi forgives Sakurako for betraying her overnight. We will talk more about that later. Tsubaki is willing to stand up for her jerk brother, even though he's pretty much abusive. And Shizuka is 
Well, actually, she isn't in the show for that long. As far as I can tell, she's an angel. But that's probably because the show didn't explore her flaws, like, at all. And it, it isn't like flaws are bad. It's just human to have flaws, right? Yeah, of course. Yeah. But, like, I guess there's that scene where she comes back to Japan to see Rui on Christmas Eve to, and I quote, spend Christmas Eve with the person I love. <laughs> I assume she's in a monogamous relationship with her um, fiancé in France. So I'm making another assumption that she loves Rui in a familial way. Yeah, it's not really explained. I am really impressed with one major change they made in the show, though. In the manga, Skushi's mother forced her to go to Eitoku because she wanted her to find a rich man to marry. Oh, Lord. However... In the drama, Skushi chooses to go of her own free will because she is inspired by Shizuka. This is an important and much needed update to the manga. I'm really glad they changed it and gave Skushi more of her own agency. It somewhat enhances her and Shizuka's strong-willed personalities, doesn't it? Yeah. And Okami's strong will is, well, shown when she gives Skushi financial support when her father lost his job. She also ends the emotional fling that she has with an F4 member of her own accord. You know, I think all their names have meaning behind them. You mean like how Squishy's name means weed? Not that weed, <laughs> but the kind you don't want in your garden. She's proud to be strong and resilient, like weed. Yeah, and I think Tsubaki's name might have been indicating her personality, too. Mm, really? So in flower language, her name means humble beauty mm. and kindness. Shizuka, whose name means quiet, is rebellious in a quiet way. Mm, good point. As for Okami-sang, who supports and gives Tsukushi advice, her name in kanji translates to female general, like in the army or something. Oh, wow. That's really interesting. Now, moving on to the supporters. The supporters of Hanirei Dango are definitely Yuki Matsuoka and Chieko Makino. They're Skushi's childhood friend and mother, respectively. They're basically there to support the main character, and their backstories aren't really explored. Yuki, whose name translates to kind princess, has a short revenge arc with her jerk boyfriend. But she is passive 90% of the time and just lets Sojiro take the lead. Jieko, well, in, in the series at least, tries to help Tsukushi the best she can. And although she slut shames Tsukushi for, you know, spending the night with Tsukasa, well, up until she hears that he's rich. Of course. When Tsukasa's, <laughs> when Tsukasa's mother tried to bribe her family, she refused. And even poured salt on her, <laughs> on her head. Ah, uh, the salt scene was pretty cool. Chieko is actually the opposite of her manga counterpart, who cares only about money and prestige. I mean, she still obviously cares a bit about those things in the drama, but it's an improvement. But I am a little disappointed that Skushi doesn't make any meaningful connections with any girls her own age besides Yuki. Yeah, I mean, her schoolmates are all sheeple, <laughs> and her notable classmates just fall into the last pattern. The evil ones! So, 
The Yay. evil ones <laughs> actually consist of Kaede do Myochi, Sakurako Sancho, and the trio of Mean Girls. The evil ones are actually quite rich, literally and character-wise. So we are going to pick them apart by subcategory. And by subcategory, we mean their names plus the trio. First of all, Sakurako Sanjo is arguably the most emotionally rich character in the show. She is first seen as Tsukushi's only friend at Eitoku. She seems sweet and innocent with just the right amount of cluelessness and naivete. However, we find out in later episodes that she was actually only putting on an act to get revenge on Tsukasa for calling her ugly in kindergarten. Freaking kindergarten! Her face wasn't even fully developed yet. Not even close. Also, Tsukasa is such a jerk. I know, right? Anyway, this caused her to leave Eitoku, go abroad, and get plastic surgery to become beautiful. Well, hopefully not when she was still a child. Hopefully not. Like, she cared so much about what a boy thought of her and how she looked that she changed her entire face to please him. She tries to sabotage Skushi and Tsukasa's relationship before it even really starts, but ends up bringing them even closer together. She's portrayed as manipulative, looks obsessed, boy-crazed, mean, and catty. She is a woman scorned, and hell hath no greater fury. I mean, she kind of has a redemption arc. Arc? Would you call it an arc? I mean, she she helped Tukushi during the climax, and also we we should note that um experienced girls like her are seen as bad and undesirable. Ugh, sounds slut shamey for sure. Yep. And talking about slut shaming, the biggest shamers of the show are probably Yuriko, Minako, and Erika. Well, you might not remember their names, but they are the trio of mean girls in the show. They are constantly harassing and belittling Tsukushi. I think I heard one of the girls calling out Yuriko's name when, like, when Tsukasa pushes her, but it's, like, really, really forgettable. I've seen this show multiple times, and even I didn't catch that. It's that forgettable. Anyway, uh, the trio is jealous of Tsukushi and her relationship with Tsukasa, and will do virtually anything they can to sabotage her. They are depicted as catty, selfish, conceited, just mean airheads who just follow whatever F4 tells them to do, for the most part. Um, actually, for all the parts. They- yeah, pretty much. Yeah. I, mean, the only thing, I think the only thing they don't follow is anything that, you know, would make Scushi, you know, if they're like, okay, no, you know, if Gossa would be like, oh, Scushi's my, my girlfriend, so, you know, oh, too yeah. nice. I don't they're, think they would follow yeah, that. In that but case, anything else. Yeah. Well, they they always fangirl over F4 whenever they're present, which is more or less all the time. And uh, they're mostly there to be foils to Squishy. They are the other girls. The other girls. They just girls. hate on other girls and have a disdain for poor people. Last but not least, we have Kaede Domyuji, Tsukasa and Tsubaki's mother. She is the head of the Domyuji financial group. She is a cutthroat boss lady who often lacks basic human compassion. There are a few scenes throughout the show where she fires members of her staff over the tiniest mistakes 
and has no remorse. Can anyone say worst job security ever? Worst job security ever! (laughs) Okay, thank you. Uh, Yeah, Kaede sees everyone who is not super rich as tools, and she even sees Tsukasa's friends, who, you know, happen to be the other richest families. They, They come from the other richest families in Japan. But even them, she sees them as, you know, merely wastes of time that, you know, Tsukasa could be spending earning more wealth. She is the main villain of the series. She views Tsukasa and Tsukushi's relationship as a threat to the future of the Domuji group and wants Tsukasa to marry a rich girl. Well, apparently the word love doesn't exist in her dictionary. Oh, no, it doesn't. She definitely is the stereotypical overworking mother who has no time for her children and is overambitious. It is also hinted that her neglect for her son is one of the major reasons he turned out to be such an asshole in the first place. Classic parental neglect. Mm-hmm. I mean, but, you know, father also isn't there, but... Yep. Okay. Yeah, we don't really even know <laughs> if he's alive. But moving on... <laughs> Moving on, men are also portrayed in various ways in Hanayori Danko. We noticed, again, three main patterns. Supporters, backup guys, and the one. The supporters, in this case, don't just refer to characters that are there to support the main character, but also the main villain. The male supporters include Haruo and Susumu Makino, Skushi's father and brother respectively, and Nishida, Tsukasa's mother's secretary. Haruo and Susumu are obviously supporting Tsukushi, while Nishida supports Kaede. The interesting part about these supporters is that although Haruo and Susumu generally support Tsukushi, they both slut-shamed her for the elevator incident. Well, also until they found out Tsukasa was rich. Oh yeah. Okay. <laughs> Nishida, on the other hand, does all of Kaede's dirty work, but he feels just a little bit, well, some, <laughs> remorse for doing so, and even a bit of fear. He is vastly different from his manga counterpart, who is very loyal to Kaede, and is more than willing to do whatever she asks of him, no matter how it negatively affects people. He was basically her lapdog in the manga. Yep. And moving on, again. We have the backup guys, who are the three other members of F4. Sochiro Nishikado, Akirami Masaka, and the popular Rui Hanazawa. Backup guys is the term we use, well, Faith came up with it, to describe the guys around the female protagonist who have even the slightest potential to be her love interest. Yeah, so Sojiro, aka, this is my nickname, the tea guy, and <laughs> Akira, aka, the mafia brat, are both playboys. Sojiro apparently doesn't know how to deal with nice girls, but helps Yuki get revenge on her ex anyway. As for Akira, well, he fancies older women, like 10 years older than himself. (laughs) Oh lord. One of the most memorable scenes I have of Akira is when an older woman showed him her (laughs) divorce papers. He he just kissed her and then just broke up with her right after. And then he chased her out of his private room in in the club that they were in. (laughs) That's so cruel. I guess the only nice guy in F4 is Rui. 
I guess. Ugh. He is a silent and cool member of F4 and was my favorite character in the show. However, after watching the series again over 10 years later, I've noticed some disturbing things about his character. Although he is nicer to Skushi than Sukasa was, especially in the beginning, he wasn't as nice as I remember. He is very cold and distant to most people. He is also bored by everything and only seems to care about himself. Well, that and everything related to Shizuka. Oh, yes. He also tells Tsukushi to stop venting in the stairwell because that's where he reads. And he even claims that he interferes with her near rape only because they were being too noisy. Like, what is that? Not a good look man not a good look i i mean i'm sure he was just trying to act cool or whatever but that's a dick thing to say to a girl who was almost raped especially when it was orchestrated by your best friend Mm -hmm. well this seems like a good time to talk about said best friend i mean he happens to be the one Okay, so Tsukasa Domyuji starts the series as a self-entitled rich asshole who bullies those who he considers beneath him, which is most people because he is the son of the wealthiest family in Japan. He is the prime example, the embodiment even, of toxic masculinity. He uses violence to get his way and beats of random people on the street to let off steam. And he usually resorts to using threats and intimidation, even to his love interest, Skushi. Before he falls in love with her, he pretty much gives the okay for a group of boys to rape her so that she will leave the school. This guy only respects women who stand up to him. And I suppose he falls in love with Skushi for that very reason? I mean, I guess it could be argued that he technically didn't tell them to rape her, but still, he definitely was like, you know, he definitely was not against it as an option, I'm sure. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, pretty, pretty, uh, pretty cringy um, and disturbing. Uh, he is also quick to call women ugly and insult their looks when he's displeased with them. He has a weird sister complex towards Tsubaki. Um, can't express his emotions well, and is a horrible communicator, which we will explore a little more later. He ends up getting into a big fist fight with the other F4 members to solve their differences. A running gag in the show is that he can't speak Japanese well, and often makes mistakes with kanji, or Chinese characters, and also famous Japanese proverbs. I mean, the guy is very likely dyslexic, and no one got him support. Despite all of his horrible qualities as a human being, Skushi and Tsukasa still end up together, though, in the end. I mean, fate has decided they're just meant to be. Oh, wow. That was long. Um, (laughs) But gender is the only kind of representation that this show is full of, unfortunately. Mm, For sure. Although, I didn't notice any trans people or any other genders in the show. Yeah, me neither. I mean, it's an it's an old Japanese show, but still, you know, I would have yeah. wanted. It'd be nice if they had a little 
little representation in there. But, you know, mm. show did come out, what, in 2005 Five? or two, yeah, 2005. Yeah. So, and, and the manga can... was even older. Yeah, the, the manga came out in the, in the 90s. So, yeah, I think mm-hmm. we can give it a little bit of slack, but it would have been nice. Mm. Would have been nice. Yeah. All right. Then um, next, let's move on to class. Some of the main themes of Hanayori Danko are money and class. The two main economic classes that were represented in the show are the rich and the middle class. Tsukushi family does go from being low middle class to straight up losing everything because of the embodiment of evil, but it's closer to being temporarily broke than straight up poor. The rich in the show are depicted in two different ways. The rich people we're not supposed to like are shown as selfish, self-absorbed, entitled, greedy, and having a disdain for commoners or people with little money. I feel like I just described Sukasa's mother. <laughs> I thought you were describing her too. Anyway, <laughs> as, uh, as for the rich people we were supposed to like, they are portrayed as a bit naive when it comes to people of a lower economic status. Overall, just good people with big hearts. They can't help that they were born rich and are good people, despite all their wealth and power. The middle class is basically everyone outside of Eitoku, but only Skushi's family was explored in depth. The Makino family start off as an average middle class Japanese family, but are forced to penny pinch in order to pay for Skushi's tuition to Eitoku Academy. They are willing to sacrifice their comfort to keep up the prestige and maybe even eventual financial reward they will receive from Skushi graduating from Eitoku. They are portrayed as a loving family that despite their low economic status are still very happy. This in contrast to the rich families like the Domyojis who have every luxury available but almost never spend any quality time together. Next, we will talk about the representation of race in the show. Most of the characters in Hanari Dango are, of course, Japanese. There are a few brief appearances of people of other races and ethnicities. Yeah, there's, of course, white people. White people, (laughs) of course. (laughs) White people are often associated with power in this drama. Whiteness and approximation to whiteness are used to show how wealthy the characters are. There are always white people in the background of rich, elegant parties. White people are the teachers and the tutors for the rich students, and even some of the Domyoji's family's personal bodyguards are white. They don't really play a significant role in the drama, but white people and languages associated with whiteness are used as decoration and proof of the rich family's wealth, prestige, and at one point, intelligence. Black people, on the other hand, are often seen in more subservient roles. There is a black maid in Tsubaki's mansion in Los Angeles and a black club bouncer guarding the door of the VIP section in a club scene. Black people don't get to be teachers or go to fancy parties. They just get to serve or be invisible. This, although awful, is unfortunately still a better representation of black people than what we get in Hanare Dango season two. Oh, <sighs> wow. 
can't can't wait to see that. <laughs> oh, you're gonna love it. You're gonna love it. Oh Lord. I always and... reference that scene. <laughs> <laughs> I I I can't wait. With now, those of you who know, <laughs> know. You know what's coming. Okay. <laughs> I I know nothing. All right. Um, before we sidetrack any further, there is no other Asian representation that is mentioned in the show. They didn't even create a Chinese character to teach Tsukushi Mandarin Chinese. They simply had Akira do the job. But to be fair, um, Suyoshi Abe, the actor who plays Akira, is Japanese Chinese. He can speak both Japanese and Mandarin Chinese fluently. Hanayori Dango was his first Japanese drama. And finally, there is no representation or even mention of the indigenous people of Japan like the Ainu or the Ryukyuans. Sadly, not surprising at all. Now, let's move on to the representation of sexuality. Sexual orientation outside of the heteronormative narrative is also completely ignored. I mean, I didn't even notice any queer coding neutral or otherwise. They want you to know that this is a straight story and that homosexuality doesn't exist. It's sad, but I guess no representation is better than bad representation? Oh, believe me, when you see the uh, black representation in season two of this show, you'll you'll agree with that, definitely. All right. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm just going to hope there isn't any blackface. No, thankfully, that's the, one, <laughs> that's the one good thing they didn't do. I mean, that's the one good thing that, yeah, it's not in, that is not in there. Okay. Yes. Okay. Yeah, that is good. There are a lot of dramas. There are other dramas mm -hmm. where it is there. Oh, so, Lord. Yeah, I know. I mean, yeah, yeah, I know. I know I of mean, them. I mean, they do exist. They do exist. Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, but um, yeah, no, I mean, good guess, but thankfully, no. Thankfully, <laughs> it wasn't that atrocious. No. Thankfully. Um, still pretty bad, though. Um, <laughs> but at the same time, you could read the beauty of the boys in F4 as a very subtle queer coding because gender norms state that guys are not supposed to be beautiful. But uh, beautiful boys are rampant in East Asian media, though. So I'm not sure if it would count culturally speaking. I mean, I personally would not count it. So. It's almost like male beauty is reserved for celebrities. And if F4 is supposed to be celebrity-like, that's kind of in line with what the show is going for. That's fair enough. That reminds me, everyone in the show somehow knows who F4 is and exactly what their members look like. Yeah, and this is like before the internet. I mean, yeah, and definitely before social media. Definitely. It is hard to become famous. Yeah. I mean, even if you're rich, it's kind of hard to be famous, you know, unless you do something else, you know? Yeah. I mean, very few rich people, you know, we, we, we don't really know many of rich people's children like that. You know, maybe we've mm -hmm. heard some names, but like, I don't know what they look like, most of them. Yeah, I, I don't even know who, like, who are the children of Jeff Bezos. <laughs> Does he have children? I don't know. <laughs> I have no idea. Right? See? Right? There you go. There you go. <laughs> like, I know Elon Musk has a kid because, like, I know it's he has, like, the kid has a very strange name. Yeah. Is it a, is Kyle. It a, a boy, a girl? I don't know. But they have a very strange name, I've heard. But that's, that's it. I've never seen them. And I'm okay with that. I'm okay with that. Mm -hmm. <laughs> 
Okay. Then finally, we would like to discuss the often overlooked representation of disability and mental health issues. First off, physical disability is not depicted at all, at least not in this um, season. Um, season two, we'll get a little bit of it, but yeah, in season one, no, no physical disabilities. Um, there were no physical disabled characters in the show and accommodations for disabled people like ramps aren't shown with the exception of an elevator but that was mostly for like a you know a plot convenient mm. stuck in the elevator scene yeah mental health though actually mental health is a little hard to talk about in hanayori dango because like many of the characters behave in such an unrealistic way most notably, Tsukushi moves on from her numerous traumatic events emotionally unscathed. Yeah, yeah, amazing. But like, we also have Sakurako, who is traumatized by <laughs> a jerk in kindergarten. <laughs> she goes on to develop body image issues, as well as an obsession to either get together with or destroy Skasha Skasa I can't yeah I'm I'm, I, I'm still not sure which one it is <laughs> and like she she was a chubby child but like there's nothing wrong with that in general like there's nothing wrong with not being slender right yeah, nothing wrong with not being slender, mm -hmm. definitely not. The fact that it is such a big deal to her and the bullies, well, as well as the fact that almost all of the characters are slender, yeah. that, that shows the slightly fatphobic values in the series. Actually, now I'm thinking about it, was there an actual fat character in the show? Remember. Like, that we actually, like... I can't remember yeah. a fat person. Like, I mean, yeah, Sakurako um, was mm -hmm. apparently fat when she was a kid, even though, like, you know... I'm not going to judge like a child. I I um, wouldn't like say that. I'm not going to judge a kindergarten yeah. <laughs> whether they're fat or not. I don't think that's relevant. But you know, I'm thinking any of the other like any of the characters like you know, not even main characters, even side characters. I think no. are there any fat people at all? <laughs> I no. don't know. Maybe not even well, the extras. If, if you guys remember a fat person being in the line, <laughs> <laughs> just please let us know. We would like let to. We would like to see just that. Don't remember, and you know, I I just don't remember anyone who was you know, not really, really skinny being yeah. in that show. Mm -hmm. I mean, they're all Japanese, but there are fat Japanese people. And that's yes, not a bad thing. Definitely. It's just definitely normal. Definitely. <laughs> yeah. It's just, this is how it is. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> that's life. Okay. On the other hand, we have Sukasa, who is deeply affected by his parents' emotional neglect and physical spoiling. His communication skills and empathy barely develop. The only person in his family he seems to be close with is his sister, Tsubaki, whom he more or less developed a sister complex with. When Sushi punches him in the face, he remembers how his sister always punches him in the face and starts to <laughs> fall in love with Sushi after that. Um, I guess because he can't get with his sister, Sushi is the next best thing. <laughs> uh, more you coming up though like Tsukasa is also quite insistent on being in control although his sister is an exception of course and being the de facto leader of F4 and being the king of his school gives him comfort in knowing that things are under his control 
when he meets Tsukushi, who, like his sister, he cannot control, he goes on to have her wear his sister's clothes. <laughs> which which supports our sister complex hypothesis. Not not gonna lie about yeah. this. It's just right there. <laughs> It's, yep. it's it's very blatant. It's mm-hmm. right in the text, okay? It's not... You don't have to d- dig yep. very deep. It's right it's there. It's in the plot. <laughs> and even, even after developing feelings for Tsukushi, he makes himself feel in control by, among other things, choosing their date location and time without consulting her, giving her a private phone, and indirectly forcing her to a Christmas Eve date, which he isn't even planning to <laughs> attend. <laughs> In addition to these issues, there's there's also the fact that F4, mostly Tsukasa, pretty much straight up commands the entire school to bully and gang up on one person until they are so mentally scarred that they have to leave the school. This is done in response to the most minor offenses imaginable. Person we see get bullied in this way in the series commits the heinous crime of accidentally squirting orange juice in Sukasa's eye. Oh, Lord. That's all it takes for him to receive a red notice card and get both verbally and physically assaulted by the entire school. This boy is most likely traumatized for life. But it's never really talked about again after the first episode. Uh, no, it isn't. I I don't even I don't think we even know the boy's name. I, I think they did mention it. I, I kind of rewatched the first episode a little bit to, mm. like I looked over it a little bit today. I think they did say maybe his last name or something. Mm. And, and and even his friend apparently they, they got him too. So oh, Lord. <laughs> like he wasn't enough. Yeah. But either way, even though we might have heard the name and we might see the guy, after that episode though, we never yeah. ever no. talk about him Not again. Not at all. And all of these problematic issues that we listed, they are just apparent in the series, but they were not addressed or just dealt with in any meaningful way. Also, I didn't notice any acknowledged neurodivergence. Even Tsukasa's possible dyslexia was a running gag. Yeah, just, oh no, he can't read right, what's wrong with him? Like, I mean, that's it. That's so funny. Like, that. that's, yeah, that's... Yeah, everyone was like, LOL, (laughs) or like, what are you talking about? Oh, oh, the 90s. Those were the kind of uh, jokes you could get away with. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds about right. Not gonna lie. Sounds about right. <laughs> All right. <laughs> this seems to be a good time to wrap up. Mm-hmm. In our last section of the show, we give our overall rating for the drama as a whole based on its content, representation, and whether we think it's a good drama Overall, we rate the show on a scale of one to five kisses, with five being the highest and one the lowest. You also get to choose which character or characters you want to give your kisses to. This rating system is inspired by my favorite podcast, the Bechtelcast Nipple Scale. <laughs> so then, Watanya, how many kisses would you give this show and why? And are there any characters in the series you would like to give your kisses to? Well, mm, 
I think I would give the show three kisses. Watching this as an adult, I, I saw so many issues regarding both message and representation. But also, it's entertaining It's in its own way. <laughs> uh, not gonna lie, I laughed out loud on multiple occasions. And um, the person I want to give my kisses to is actually not a character. It's uh, it's the singer of one of the theme songs, Otsuka Ai. I I just love her voice and her song. It it enhances the drama of of whichever scene it's played in. It's amazing. Anyway, yeah. How how about you? How many kisses? Um, actually, I would also give it three kisses. I totally agree. Um, the show is pretty entertaining overall. Even just talking about it right now, even though we talk about you know some of the problematic things in the show, it's still. It's still entertaining to talk about, though. I still have fun talking about it. Whenever I discuss it, I always have fun. Mm -hmm. And it still makes me mm -hmm. laugh and smile after all these years, <laughs> despite some of the glaring issues. I'd like to give one kiss to Skushi, because I love her actress, um, Mao Inoue. One to Shizuka, because she should have been in the show more. And one to Sakurako because I think she deserved a better redemption arc, okay? Mm -hmm. Not just giving Skushi some English advice. I think <laughs> she should have had a full arc. We could have explored it. They yep. could have become real yep. best friends, mm -hmm. you know, her and Yuki and Skushi, you know, all three of them could have become a trio yeah. and we could have focused on their relationship instead of this romance. But okay, anyway, that's just my fan. Yeah, and they can fight the Mean Girls trio. Yeah, yeah, they could, oh my God, they could burst. <laughs> Like, like have their nice girl trio versus mm -hmm. the mean girl trio. Yep. And they have like a, a right? fight to the, like, I don't know, to the death or something. <laughs> no, no, not to the death. Like they have a fight and, you know, I, no, that would have been a more interesting yeah. story to be honestly, but, you know, mm -hmm. whatever. <laughs> Still like, yeah. So would you, would you recommend people watching it? Oh, yeah. I would definitely recommend watching Hanire Dango. I, I recommend it as a drama series. Um, especially if you're a new drama watcher, I think it's good because it's a pretty solid story and series to start with. Hmm. What about you? Would you recommend it? Yeah, I I would also recommend watching it, well, mostly for entertainment <laughs> value yeah. and maybe research. Yeah, yeah, no. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Uh, I mean, it's it's popular for a reason, right? Yeah, for yeah. I mean, it's value. a very fun series. Mm -hmm. And research in um 90s tropes yeah also asian media i would say like mm -hmm. asian media, yeah, yeah especially yeah. rom-coms like this mm -hmm. is i feel like this is like the template for a lot of them so yeah i think it'd be good for research purposes definitely mm -hmm. and so for those of you who choose to watch hanayuri dango for the first time first of all no judgments at all but he here's a content warning uh, there's going to be emotional abuse and also attempted sexual assault. Yes. And um, Sukasa's behavior might also bring up some not so pleasant memories in survivors of abusive relationships. Oh, and also covert fat phobia and overt bullying. Poor Sakurako. Poor Sakurako, indeed. Mm -hmm. And that's the end of our first episode. Thanks so much for joining us. If you would like to contact us, please email us at kissed.accidental at gmail.com. 
You can subscribe to our podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. Just search for Accidental Kiss. You can also follow us on Twitter at kiss underscore accidental and on Instagram at accidental kiss. Let us know if you have any other Asian drama series you'd like us to cover on the show. Your suggestion might make it into a future episode. And finally, stay tuned for our next episode where we'll be looking at the 2008 remake of the Thai drama Jamlerak or Love Slave. Until then, see you. See you. Stuck in an elevator Where everything's a mess Forced to marry The first guy you accidentally kiss Betrayed by your only friend So she can get the guy the reasons above and more are why the way we feel about Asian dramas is just so complicated it is so complicated